welcome to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we're heading down to state soccer today and tomorrow, recording this on a Wednesday. Um, section football started last night. You're back from a vacation. Um, it's all kind of going down right now. Yeah, no, last night was a little bit of a change. I was sitting in 85-degree weather over the weekend at a pool in, in Arizona, so a little different when you're wearing a winter coat and having to cover football. But I'm back to normal now. I know what it feels like, so we should be good the rest of the week. Got plenty of stuff coming um, coming your way for SCTimes.com with, uh, like you said, state soccer, section cross-country, section volleyball, section football, uh, even state girls girls tennis. We got a bunch of stuff coming your way here in the next week or so. So plenty of stuff to talk about today in this podcast. Yeah, so we're gonna try to we're gonna try to fit it all in. We're gonna do our picks as usual to start. Um, we'll update on how that went last week or not even last week. Well, just in the last day. Um, we have an update in the standings, so we'll go through that, preview some of the games, talk about um, some of the section games last night on Tuesday as well. And then um, later in the show, we'll get to a lot of, like Brian mentioned, state soccer, section volleyball, um, section cross country, state tennis, um, and also fit in some college stuff at the end with um, some of our local schools. So uh, a lot to get to. So we'll jump right into it for today. Um, Brian, do you want to up? Let's do an update on the standings first for picks before we get to games. Um, I'm still not doing well. Um, Dave is still leading. Um, he's 44 and nine after going with three and one on Tuesday. You went the perfect four and zero. Never a doubt in your mind that Cathedral was going to win. Um, and now you're sitting at 43 and 10, and I am unfortunately sitting at 40 and 13 um, this season. So upset picks. Here we come. <laughs> so Brian's looking to flip the script this week. So. <laughs> And I'm one game back from Dave. I've been trying to steadily claw my way back to him for a while, I feel like. Uh, yesterday, Cathedral getting that upset was big. They even gave me the shout-out on tw- shout out on Twitter for believing in them. I appreciated that. Um, like I said, never a doubt. So we'll see um, where the picks fall today, if I pick them again against Annandale or not. But um, let's start with um, Apollo for this one, I'd say. We'll start in that section uh, class 4A, Section 8, that has Ricori and Apollo, who are both going to be playing Saturday. But Apollo is who you got to see win last night against Little Falls, and they'll be playing number one seed Becker on Saturday, which is a rematch of a really good game a couple weeks ago you saw. So um, you just kind of want to start with what last night looked like for them. Yeah, kind of a tale of two different halves, honestly. Um, a lot of them kind of, you, you had mixed emotions of, you should have deserved the three seed and would have gotten the bye to play Ricori on Saturday. And, and others were kind of just like, you know, it was nice to have this game on Tuesday. Obviously, you play an extra football game. People can get injured. Things like that can happen. But luckily, everyone seemed to be healthy after the game on, on Tuesday night. But it was kind of, a, I would say, a little bit of a warm-up game. Figure out the kinks. Get, out, get back after MEA weekend. Figure out what's wrong and kind of get ready for that Becker matchup. Um, but like I said, a tale of two halves. That first half was, I mean, I'm not the only one that's going to say it. The entire football team, Apollo football teams would say it. It was ugly. I mean, it was not a good first half. Um, they, you know, very first play on offense for Apollo, Andrew Carls kind of got pressured by Little Falls and threw kind of a wobbly pass that got intercepted by one of the um, safeties and, that was kind of the way that it kind of looked throughout the entire first half. Um, Some fumble recoveries, some interceptions, a lot of different turnovers here and there. Finally, Apollo gets on the board by a run by Andrew Carls. I know, no shock there, um, because Andrew Carls is really good this year, um, if you haven't heard of his name before. Um, and And then right after that touchdown, Little Falls gets the kickoff return and returns it all the way for a touchdown. So it was kind of like you get the momentum and then it just like diminishes really quick. Um, and so it was it was tough because um, they kept battling. Little Falls eventually got the lead in the second quarter and you were like, okay, maybe Little Falls is going to be going into the half with a lead. Well, Andrew Carls was able to get in for I think it was like a 24, 25 yard um, rushing touchdown. Was able to get in there and and get at that lead, which was huge for Apollo, kind of heading into that half. 
a little bit more spirited, a little bit more confidence, all that type of stuff. Um, then the second half started, and it seemed like Little Falls was kind of on a roll. They were passing the ball, running the ball, really good balance to start off that first drive in the second half. And then they got into Apollo territory, and it was kind of interesting because I didn't say this to anybody, but in my mind, I was like, man, that quarterback is kind of throwing some really wobbly passes or like just really like light passes. They wouldn't really be a direct pass. It was kind of more of like a rainbow. Um, and I was like, you know, honestly, they could maybe get an interception. And right after I thought that, Grant Rube was able to get a t- um, pick six and return it 75 yards for a touchdown. And that touchdown was basically the the momentum shift that they needed. After that, the defense was on point. The offense was really controlling. Um, they had, I think, like 250 rushing yards out of like a 415 or 100, 410 total yards of offense. So, I mean, it was like light night and day when it came to the second half. They Everything looked really solid. Um and it just was a really good second half. They even had like a um, they had a blocked punt that they were able to get at like the 31 yard line. And so the defense kind of did their job in giving them position, giving the offense position to be able to score. And the offense came on and was able to do their job and score. So everything looked really solid for them in that second half. And I think that was kind of what they were hoping to see as they get ready for Becker, because obviously Becker is not going to be an easy task. No, you have Becker who did get that by, so a little more rest time, probably a little more preparation. I'm assuming if you're them, you probably kind of expected Apollo to win this game, so you're probably doing a lot of scouting of your last game against them, which was only on October 15th, so still very fresh. Um, and yeah, they're 8-0, number one in the class. Um, the most points they've allowed this year in a game was 18-2 Apollo in that 23-18 win, so... There's not much to pick apart with them that, um, you know, anyone's really been able to figure it out. Even the game since they played against Wilmer, a 17-0 to win at Wilmer. Wilmer was a top-10 team, has been basically all year. So Becker's knocked down everyone they faced. They shut out recording week one. Um, they beat Hutchinson by nine, other than a scare against kind of at Chisago Lakes, which is only a seven-point game that was kind of surprising. In week three, I mean, there's been no really blemishes on their record at all. So, um well, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens here. I mean, they did play close last time. Um, Apollo's shown a lot of good things, but if they come out with kind of a turnover-prone um, approach that kind of hurt them in this game against Little Falls, you can't do that against Becker. I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a three touchdown game by the time the first half ends if they play like that again. So, um, if they can hold the ball well, um, do some of the stuff they do with Andrew leading them, finding receivers, it sounds like there's a chance to. Um, with Mockroot and Thomas Dew, they might be back next week, too. They didn't play in that game last night. Um, if they're back as well, um, that's just even more weapons for him to use. So um, a lot of good things. They're also the only team to intercept a Becker pass this year. There's only been one interception. So um, they, they must they found something in that game to be able to compete with them. And we'll see if they can do the little things to put them over the top. But it's, it's going to be tough. I'm going to pick Becker in this one. But... As we saw last time, a lot closer than people expected, and it's it's likely going to be the same this time. No, for sure. Um, Dave is picking Becker as well. I'm picking Apollo. Um, I, not because I'm down by four. That's not the reason um, for all you people listening. Um, it's because, honestly, if you were at the game against Becker, that game was probably one of the best games I've seen. Even though Apollo didn't win, it was a win, honestly, um, because it made them realize – they can compete with Becker, and they knew that this time was probably going to come again in section play. And so, honestly, I, they looked really good against them. Um, I, I think the main part when they played Becker was they didn't get their two-point conversions. If they would have gotten their two-point conversions, it would have been a 24-23 ball game. They probably would have been able to win. The other pro- the other thing that I'm looking at is Becker has all the pressure in the world. They're the number one seed. They're undefeated. They're expected to go to state. They're expected to probably win state as well. Um, there's a lot of expectation on the on these Bulldogs players, whereas Apollo, no one's picking them except for me. Um, but <laughs> no one is picking them to win this game. They they're not they're not looking as they're not looking at it as you know they're the favorites or anything like that. And honestly, that's what Michael is okay with because Michael, their head coach, is saying all the time. He says, "I want them to play free." I want them to play, have fun. 
and I want them to just enjoy the game. And when you're the underdog and you're the number four seed going into Becker, you are the you can play free. You can play. I mean, don't play carefree. I mean, don't be dumb with the ball or anything like that. Play your game, but also you have nothing to lose. Just leave it all out there. So I think with that mentality, I think Apollo is going to make this game a really good game, really close game, and I think it's going to come down to the wire, which Apollo has been able to do a couple times this season, and I think they're going to get the win. So I'm picking Apollo, and then you two can pick Becker. So Wow. Big predictions out of Brian to start off the podcast today. But like you said, kind of a moral victory the last time they played. We'll see if they can turn it into an actual victory um, this time around. But that'll be a good game. The other half of the bracket in Class 4A, Section 8, Ricori versus Detroit Lakes. Um, I don't know if we'll have a ton to break down on this one just because we talked about it a bit last week, I remember, when we kind of released the sections. Um, and talked about, you know, that they've played a couple times in recent years as well. Um, you know, like the section title game two years ago that Ricori won to get to state. Um, Detroit Lakes is hard to really know always because, like you said, they, they play teams that are basically all a class down, just where their district is. Um, so there's not really comparable opponents. With, you know, they haven't played recently. Um, didn't play Ricori, obviously, during the regular season. So it, it's a really tough one to predict, I'd say, as well. It sounds like this is going to be the game that you and Dave are going to be out at. Um, on Saturday, we thought it was going to be 1 o'clock. You loved that. They moved it to 5 o'clock. It's going to be a bit chillier, but I don't think it's actually going to be too bad of a day on Saturday. But Ricori, um, we're going to have to see. I mean, they looked good against Big Lake when we saw them last Wednesday, um, but a lot of teams have looked good against Big Lake this year. So um, we'll see if they play more like that. They played had a lot more kind of um, interesting packages on offense, used the receivers a lot in the run game, didn't have to throw the ball a ton. Um, and played in some tough weather conditions, did well, or if it's going to be like the weeks before where they lost to some ranked teams. So um, it's kind of a toss-up on this one. I'll just go with Ricori in this one because of being at home again. You know, they uh, they won that first game. They lost their next two at home, but they won last time. Um, that advantage should help. It's a team they've beat in the past. Um, I think it's going to be a great game, but I would expect the passing game to get going a bit more like we've seen a couple times this year. They didn't really have to, like we mentioned, um, when they played Big Lake. But I'd expect uh, the offense to get rolling. The defenses um, come along quite a bit this year. And even in those losses, they only gave up, you know, 24, 26 points to some of the best in the state. So I think they can score at least that much on offense this week. So uh, I'll go with the Spartans. Yeah, Dave and I will both be going with the Spartans as well. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you were here for 2019 run. But I think Ricori beat Detroit Lakes, who is probably one of the top teams in the section, to get to that state tournament and be able to win that state title. Am I right? Yeah, I think Detroit Lakes was the one seed that year, and yeah, they beat them 14-6 to in the section final, so yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think that was kind of the one thing when I talked to James Herberg after the Big Lake game on Wednesday night. He kind of said, we want Detroit Lakes here because we want to be able to, you know, play them again. They haven't played any section opponent. They, honestly, nobody knows who they are, <laughs> to be honest. And so it was kind of shocking to see them get the three seed over Apollo um, with similar records and stuff and them not playing any section opponents. But I guess it worked out in their favor because they got the three seed. But also you're going to be playing against a Ricori team that when it comes to postseason, I mean, regardless if you lose to Hutchinson or Becker or whatever during the season, somehow, I don't know what happens, but Ricori always has that little switch that turns on when it comes to postseason. Um, it happened last year in 2020. Obviously didn't get to see them at state or anything like that, but they were able to do it last year. They did it two years ago, obviously, when, when Zach was kind of covering them quite a bit. And I just, it just seems like it's going to be another season, another postseason for the Spartans. So um, it'll be fun to go watch them. I, you know, I think I think it'll be a good matchup, and yeah, I think Ricori will be able to pull out the victory on this one. Yeah, they they're just a team that, especially in the last decade, you know, with all the state appearances they've had, they they know how to get it done in the playoffs. And this will be crazy enough. This will be their fourth straight game at home, um, because of how they kind of front loaded their schedule. Fifth straight week, their last road game was on September 24th. Um, so they're very familiar playing in that stadium, playing on that field. I think they're starting to get a little more used to it, break it in, and. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good one, kind of like the Apollo Becker game. Um, so we'll see. Either way, Ricori is going to, if they would win, they're going to face a team they've already faced this year. They might get 
there's a chance if they could win, they could get Becker again, who blew him out week one, or zero week even. So I'm sure they would like to get them again, or Apollo, who they barely were able to beat at home. So um, either way, this I, I love this bracket. I, I think the teams are just kind of so evenly matched in this one, um, and it should make for some really good football. Absolutely. I, I, I can't agree anymore. And then um, as well, uh, let's see, where should we jump to next, Brian? Where do you want to go? I was thinking maybe we go to um, the Sock Rapids bracket. Um, last night, Sartell lost to Alexandria um, to end their season, and Tech also lost to Mamiji to end their season. Both of them playing on the road um, last week and or last night, and um, Sartell was able or got shut out. I'm just searching for the uh, final score here. 33 to nothing, I think. Yep, 33 to nothing. Um, and then Mamiji beat Tech 48 to 14. So Tech and Sartell were both the number five and six seeds. So um, what the expectation, like obviously going on the road and having to compete against those teams, um, it, it was going to be a tough game for them to be able to win. Um, so those two are out. So the only team, the only local team left in that air in that section would be Sock Rapids. Um, they will be playing Mamiji at home, so the two versus three seed, um, at I believe it's 6 p.m. on Saturday. And so, the one thing that is kind of up in the air on that one is whether or not Dominic Mathias will play. Um, we still haven't had much word on whether or not he's gonna play. Um, he hasn't played for the last two games um, when they lost to Monticello, and then he was obviously hurt in the second quarter against Moorhead. So, I mean, but if you look at it, they beat um, the storm was able to beat Mamiji 21 to six earlier in the year on October 1st. So, uh, but that was also when Dominic was their quarterback. So Jack Klein, it just seems like hasn't been able to kind of get into that comfort zone right away. Um, I think he had a total of like 60 yards last week against Monticello. Alex Heron looks really back or really good coming back as their, their lead running back. Um, but they're going to need a lot of help on defense as well as pushing that offense to be able to beat Mamiji because when you put up 48 points against Tech, I mean, that's that's quite a bit of points, and I think it'll kind of get the, the motor going when it comes to the postseason. So um, I think it'll be a lot closer than what teams expect um, or than what people really expect it to be compared to their last matchup. Um, Dave and I will both be going with Mamiji. I guess, Zach, what do you, who are you taking in this matchup? I'm going to go with Sock Rapids in this one. I'll go against the grain a little, both you guys. Um, it will be interesting. It's going to be a lot different. At one point, um, I think could be key is having this extra time since that Monticello game. You know, you have about a week and a half. That's probably a lot more time for them to work with Jack, um, just get him more used to the offense, playing with the first team members. Because, you know, you think that was like there's only three or four days in between when Dom got hurt and when Jack had to start a, uh, start the first game um, against Monticello. So a little bit more time. And like you mentioned, Alex Heron, he's coming on strong. He had his first hundred yard rushing game since week one or yeah, week one against Sartell um, last week with 112 yards. He's had over 20 carries the last two weeks too. So, you know, they're going to heavily rely on him. A lot of it's going to come down to if he can break any big plays, um, you know, do some of those explosive things. And if the pass game can get going, if it can, um, I'd see no reason why they shouldn't be able to win, especially just with their defense. Even, you know, with that, um, that injury hurt them on the offense, but defense has still stood steady. They haven't really panicked or changed too much. I mean, they've, um, you know, still been only giving up a score or two here and there in those losses even. So, um, you know, three touchdowns to Moorhead, only two to Monticello. So the defense is going to be strong. Can they just put up, you know, a couple touchdowns here and there to get the win is what it's going to come down to. They're at home again, which should help. Um like many of these, I think this one's going to be close and tight, but I'm going to go with the Storm. Yeah, I think that defense is – defense looks so good. <laughs> it's every week, and, yeah. And it seems like we're just saying it like as a broken record, but that's just what they've been all season long. So, I mean, even though I picked Mamiji, it's just I, – I don't – it's going to be tough. It's going to be a really good game in my mind. It's just – it comes down to whether or not Jack Klein is good to go when it comes to – being that quarterback for the storm. I think that's going to be the main component. Um, everything else looks pretty good. It's just whether or not that passing game can, can go as, as good as, or just as good as, you know, what they were before Don got hurt. 
Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so like you mentioned, there are two of our three teams already out of um, Section 8 of Class 5A. We'll see if Sauk Rapids can keep it rolling, try to advance to the Section title game. Um, and then in Class 3A, we have two more games to pick for this week. Um, one, we'll start with Cathedral, who played last night. Um, 35 to 14 win. I think they're up 35 to nothing at one point as well in this one. Um, just insane. I mean, they're the five seed traveling to the four seed. Um, Malacca had had two losses in a row, I believe, heading into this game, but still they had, you know, beaten Cathedral by a ton earlier in the year. Um, so kind of looked like on paper they would be the one. Um, and they were able to get the win. If, if you looked at the stats, I remember, I think Jordan Schumann completed like almost 85, 90% of his passes in this one for a couple touchdowns. Evan Wallen got a couple rushing touchdowns. It kind of was exactly like you said last week and in the preview for this week, your story. If they can mix run and pass and continue playing defense like they have, they're going to win. And um, that's what they did last night. Yeah. I mean, I think the the last or the two scores from Malacca came in the fourth quarter, which I don't know whether or not maybe second team was on that. Uh, it was playing at that point for Cathedral because it was 35 to nothing. But regardless, I mean, you you shut out Malacca um, by that much for the majority of the game. I mean, that's just going to tell you what what they're capable of doing. Um, I just I think it was a really good performance by them. They lost to Malacca 40 to 16 earlier this season, so I'm sure it was kind of nice to get that revenge back and get that win. Um, and like you said, was able to get the running game going. Had about 50, 59, 60 yards, I believe, when it came to rushing. Um, and then the passing game was really good, um, being able to get two wide receivers in for for touchdowns, um, being able to kind of spread it across the field, not having that one particular um, receiver that, they, that you kind of depend on. You were able to use pretty much three, four, five receivers at, throughout the game. Um, and then that defense, that defense has been looking really good over the last few games um, to close out the regular season and to obviously to start off the section tournament. So um, I think I think it kind of opens up your eyes a little bit to what they're capable of doing. Um, they're, they're playing against a really good Annandale team, the number one seed on Saturday. Um, but I think it, it, it definitely opens up your eyes to what, what it could potentially look like for that Saturday matchup. Yeah, I mean, just 21 of 26, Jordan was for 238 yards. I mean, that's incredible. That's been one of the big things um throughout the years most of the time he's had you know they've had a lot of big plays but there's been kind of an inconsistency with you know the completion percentage and then also just turnovers kind of hurting them a lot and in this one they you know they they did lose a couple fumbles um you know there were a couple interceptions here and there so that still happened but they just did enough the rest of the time where that didn't hurt them um so i mean if they're able to do this with still having a couple turnovers imagine what is possible if they can hold on to the ball a little better too they've They've shown just huge flashes, and gosh, it just feels like this fall is just like Cathedral's fall. Um, and <laughs> most sports, you have cross-country are both ranked top five, two teams at state soccer in the next couple of days, and now football, um, they're up to three wins, which compared to some of the last couple of years is just really good progress this year as well. So um, we'll see if they can keep it rolling. They're going to face number one seed Andendale, who's the only team in their section to have a bye. Um, it's going to be no small task. Annandale six and two this year, um, and has kind of convincingly beat a couple teams that Cathedral's lost to too. Um, they beat um, I'm trying to remember who it was Litchfield was thirty-seven to thirteen, who Cathedral lost to earlier. Um, Princeton was thirty-five to seventeen. Annandale beat, who also got the best of Cathedral. So um, in that regard, you think they're going to have it pretty easy. Um, of course, from just yesterday, we learned that doesn't really mean anything at this point in the year. So um, I am going to pick Annandale in this one, especially them being at home. One seed looked really good all year. We'll see if Cathedral can get up for another game like this in just four days time, um, put in that same effort. But they, they, you know, they've put the pieces together more than they had in any other game this year on Tuesday. So if they can even increase that, um, they should have a chance on Saturday, I'd say for sure. Yeah, Dave is going to be following you with Annandale. I'm going to pick Cathedral. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think shout out this time. I I well, I just I think they look so good over the last three games. I mean, they, their defense has been solid. They kept Princeton to 14 points. Obviously, they didn't get much offense because they got shut out by Princeton. But they kept Princeton to 14 points after them scoring probably an average of anywhere between 45 to 50 points a game. 
Um, they lost to New London Spicer at the pretty much as close as um, what Annandale was to New London to New London Spicer as well. So, I mean, if you look at the matchups between the similar teams, yes, Annandale is heavily favored because they've won those games. But over the last few weeks, it seems like Cathedral's been clicking. And like you said, this fall, I mean, Cathedral boys soccer makes it to state. Cathedral girls soccer makes it to state. Cross-country boys and girls are looking really good. I mean, Cathedral volleyball got a nice got a nice seating, which we'll talk about later. I just think that maybe the Cathedral gods or something is coming over them and being able to give them something really nice fall seasons or something. But regardless, they're a really good team, and they're looking like a good team at the right time. Um, putting up 35 points against Malacca is not an easy task. Um, and shutting them out for three three quarters and almost a fourth is not an easy task either. So I'm going to go with Cathedral. We'll see what happens, I guess. But that matchup's at 2 p.m. at Annandale on Saturday. Um, the winner would obviously advance, advance to the finals on Friday, which would be at Tech High School. And then our last matchup to pick here is um, Albany, who had a bye. They got the number one seed in Section 6 of Class 3A. Um, they're going to be hosting New London Spicer, who won 42-6 to over Melrose at home uh, last night. New London Spicer had lost their last four games in a row before that one um, after starting 3-1. and one. So they got kind of back on track, while Albany has been the exact opposite. They lost, you know, two of their first three games. And they've won everything since. They won five in a row. And um, I think, as we talked about last week, just absolutely blew out Zimmerman 40-8 to in their last game of the regular season, too. So they're doing all the right things. Um, the current count for Carter Beer's rushing total, which I think is always fun to hear. Um, so 1,249 yards, um, eight and a half yards a carry, almost 180 yards a game. That includes one game that he went out after like a quarter. Um, hurt the average a little bit there and 19 rushing touchdowns. So that's I'm, all. Yeah, that's all. And he also is their leading receiver with um, 10 catches for over 100 yards, and no one else has more than seven catches. So um, he's been doing it all. So I'm going to assume they're going to feed him. He's probably going to have about five touchdowns like he has had at least twice this year, a couple three and four, couple three touchdown games too. Um, and I think Albany is going to be able to roll in this one. It will be interesting if they win. Pierce is the two seed. Won pretty convincingly last night for them, too. We could have a rematch of 2019 section final. Um, I think that'd be really fun, bring some exciting storylines to it. Uh, but they got to get the job done first at home on Saturday. But they should be primed to to be in a really good spot there. So I'm going to go with Albany. Definitely. And um, Dave and I will both be going with Albany as well. I think the one thing that kind of just glanced, glanced at, at me was, you know, New London Spicer ends the season on a four-game losing, four losing streak. And then they come out and they beat Melrose 42 to six. I think if, if I'm Albany, I'm just kind of like, wow, that's a, that's a heck of a score there. Um, especially between the four or five seed. I mean, you're not talking about the one eight seed or anything like that. You're talking about two very comparable teams. Um, and they blow out that team by, you know, 38 or 36 points. That's just something to kind of look at, I guess. But, um, but regardless, I mean, yeah, I think Carter beers looked phenomenal. Um, if I know anything about Carter Beer, it's the fact that he wants to take this team to state. Um, he's been working his tail off ever since he got back from his injury, and he's been looking really good. I think also on top of Carter Beer, Laquay um, Jefferson has been is kind of being used in different roles now. He's not their quarterback as much anymore because Carter Voss looked really good under center, but he's been kind of being that running back slash wide receiver role. He's been looking really good on defense as well. Um, and I think it's just you know you look at you look at both sides of the ball and Albany has been looking really good and um, I just think I just think that they're going to be able to win and yeah like you said it'd be really fun to see that one two matchup with Piers um, next Friday if if we if the Huskies can get through uh, New London Spicer on Saturday but that game is going to be at 7 p.m. at Albany High School on Saturday um, and so it should be a good matchup though. Absolutely. So, yeah, so those will be all our picks. A couple different variant here and there. Brian going with the upsets for um, Apollo and Cathedral. And then somehow me picking the favorite of Soccer Rapids technically has almost become an upset because of recent weeks, um, me being the only one. So we'll see where all the chips land there. It could be really close. Um, 
between me and Dave, at least, going into last week. Maybe Brian, if he gets a couple upset wins. You never know. Um, that's I am still that's here, okay? Are you sure? You... <laughs> Last week it sounded like you'd already given up, but you came, you came, you came with it this week. I'd say for sure. There's some possibilities there. Um, so we'll see where it all ends up. But I think that'll kind of wrap up football. So yeah, five of our teams um, still in section play, um, and we'll see how many stand um, going into next week for section finals. But that'll wrap up the first part of the show. So um, we're gonna take a quick break here. On the other side, we're gonna get to some of the section and state games for a lot of our other high schools. And we'll also finish up with some college stuff. So uh, please stay tuned and we will be right back. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Like we mentioned at the top, we have a couple of state soccer games Brian and I are going out to. We had so much fun, both of us going to Sock Center last week, um, that we decided we'd tag team it again. So uh, we're going to Monticello for all our games, which turns out just beautifully for us. Because most of the other sites were like Farmington, Edina, places I don't really want to go at rush hour slash like five o'clock in the afternoon. Um so we got the nice draw. We're going to be at Monticello tonight on this Wednesday for uh, girls for Cathedral taking on Winona Cotter, who is the three seed um, in Class A. The top five teams were seeded, and then the last three were given a random draw. So uh, Cathedral, that's who they drew. So, I mean, in that regard, it worked out well for them because that's the best situation they could have been in technically by seeding. So um, they're going to be facing Cotter in that one. Um, and then tomorrow we're going to have a double header down there, 5.30 start for Cathedral Boys um, as the number four seed. Um, they drew the number five seed, which is a very long co-op, Pine Island, Zimbrota, Mazeppa. Um, so that should be a good one in there. And then Tech um, was also unseeded in Class 2A. They're going to be taking on Holy Angels, who's the three seed, who was actually the team that knocked them out of state um, two years ago at U.S. Bank Stadium when I was covering that game. So they might have a chance for a little revenge there too. Um, so we'll be at both of us will be at all three of those games in the next two days. We'll start uh, previewing the girls' games since that's where we'll be tonight. Um, Brian, what are you kind of looking at at this one? Just looking at the stats. That's all we've really been able to do for these games because these are all teams we don't see all year. But what does it what does it kind of look like from your perspective for tonight? Well, I, while I was sitting in Arizona on Saturday, um, Zach wrote a story kind of featuring or previewing the um, the three different games that are happening this week. The one um, stat that caught my eye um, was 111 to 8. That is the total score of all of the games from Winona's, um, what is it, 19 games this season. Winona's beaten teams 111 to 8. Now, let me let me say that again. 111 to 8. They're 16, 1, and 2, and they're the three seed. Come on. I mean, my goodness, that's that's some crazy stats. And then yeah. on top of it, you can maybe kind of go into detail about the uh, the different girls because it seems like, uh, I mean, uh, there's like three different girls that are that have scored more goals than I think. I, I don't even know. I, I I don't even know who else could have scored that many goals in a season so far this season. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, Olivia Gardner for them as a senior. She has 43 goals, 14 assists. Pretty good. That's more than some teams have had all of the season. Probably a lot of teams. Um, and junior Alyssa Williams has 25 goals and 31 assists. So Olivia is second in the state in goals, which it's crazy someone scored more than 43, but they have. And then um, Alyssa Williams is first in the state in assists. So they have basically almost the top goal scorer and top player in assists in the state. So um, pretty big task. Obviously, they've shown they can put up goals. They've outscored opponents 20 to 0 in their three games to win sections. Now, they only won the section title 2 to nothing. So a little bit of a dip there from their season average of I don't even know how much that would average out to a lot of goals a game. So as we can see, they can score. Now, um, the game will be on turf tonight, so it's going to be rainy. It's not going to be great conditions outside, so it shouldn't affect it too much because it's at Monticello. They have a nice field, nice stadium. 
Um, at the same time, it's not going to be ideal weather necessarily with the rain that's been happening all day and probably going to go on throughout the game from what it looks like. So we'll see if weather plays a factor at all, makes it a little tougher for them to make their offense happen. But Cathedral, we have seen their sound on defense. Um, they got a shutout in the section title game. Um, they posted quite a, they posted a handful of shutouts throughout the regular season too. Um, but it's their first state appearance since 2005. Um, and you know, they, they drew a tough matchup, but they're all going to be tough when you get to this part of the year. So, um, I don't know. I'm glad we don't have to make predictions for this part of the show. Like football, we don't make that necessary, but, um, I'm interested to see just kind of how the defense responds right away. I mean, you have, um, the cathedral, they have a lot of seniors on the defense that have helped a lot. They have a seventh grader in goal, um, who had, who made some good plays as well in the section final. So you need some reliable people in front of her to, you know, just make life easier. And, you know, people like um, Hadley Baines and others have done that um, throughout the section tournament, throughout the year. Um, and we'll see if that continues tonight. Yeah, I think, I mean, like like you said, Hadley Baines and um, Coop Myers, they've, they're, they have the captain armband for a reason. They know how to shut out teams. They've been doing it all season long. They've been supporting that seventh grade um, goalie, Amelia. And, I mean, so far they looked really good. I think the other thing is offensively, when you talk to, you know, their head coach, Stephanie Stephanie McGinnis, um, she even said they try to get that pressure right away in the first five minutes. If they can get a score in the first five minutes, they feel like it kind of puts the pressure on the other, other team and it kind of gets them out of their rhythm. So I'd be interested to see how the first five minutes go of this of this game because that's kind of been one of their things that they've said all season long. Um, and they've been able to do it. I mean, they they put up some some goals against St. John's Prep right away. They put up some goals. They put a goal up against Fergus Falls in the first two minutes. Um, so I mean, I think that's kind of what we need to see is you know how does how do people like Ava Schmidt, um, Pey- Peyton Mathiason, Megan Corbett, um, Hope Schuler, those those different girls being near the goal. How do they kind of work together to be able to maybe get that first goal in that first five minutes and kind of put Winona Cotter at, you know, at a different different mentality than what they were maybe expecting to be early on in that game. So if they can do that, defense can be sound. I feel like they can have a good chance against Winona Cotter. Um, but the main part is, is you got to stop that Winona Cotter offense right away. Um, you can't let them get one or two scores because after that it could be you know, very detrimental to you possibly coming back. Um, but regardless, whoever wins this game is going to be taking on number two seed Minnehaha Academy. Um, Minnehaha Academy was able to get the win um, last night at Irondale against Proctor with a score of nine to one. So kind of took care of that one pretty easily. Um, so not going to be an easy task, regardless if you, you know, advance or not. Um, it's still going to be tough, and that's just the whole point of the state tournament. I mean, you got to beat the best to be the best. So um, be interested to see how things go tonight at 530. Yeah, like you said, it's going to matter a lot if they can score early because when you score that much like Cotter has, you there's not often you're trailing throughout the season. So they probably haven't been in that situation hardly at all um, other than one or two times. So if you can make them uncomfortable in a big situation like that, Cathedral also has a great advantage of only having to go about half an hour versus like three hours for Winona or so so um they get a nice little trip that doesn't disrupt their day too much we'll see if that has any effect as well and then for the two boys game um we'll start with cathedral because they'll um kick off at 5 30 tonight i'm um, sorry tomorrow night when they start um they earn the four seed like i said after winning penalty kicks last week against pelican rapids um and we'll see if they can kind of get i'm the thing i think we're both kind of expecting is when is like the scoring output just going to kind of When's the floods going to erupt for that? Because they had so many games throughout the year, five, six, seven goals or more. And through sections, they've had a tough time scoring. I mean, they've, they've just been getting about one goal here and there um, in their games. Um, you know, no multi-goal games. They've gone to penalty kicks twice, won one to nothing the other time. So it's been really tight. It ha- they haven't blown anyone out in sections like they did in the regular season. Um, so we'll see if they're due for kind of a big offensive output. They created some nice chances against Pelican Rapids that didn't quite go in. and then. As we learned in that game, anytime Connor Drone has a free kick opportunity, there's a great chance the ball could go in the back of the net. So 
We'll see if they can find a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if they can um, find any opportunities like that on um, tomorrow night. The for the team they're playing, Pine Islands and Broda Mazeppa. Um, they're 16-0-2. Haven't lost a game this year. Cathedral's only lost two games. And um, one of those games was to the number one team in class 2A Orono. So um, two teams that aren't very used to losing. And Pine Island, they've outscored teams uh, 76 to 10 before they won the section title game two to nothing over Fairmont. So um, another team put up a lot of goals this year, not allowed a lot. Um, Should be really evenly matched in a four or five matchup. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just the three games that each team had to play in the section uh, tournament to get to the state tournament, um, you know, Pine Island, um, Zimbrota, Mazeppa, they outscored teams 13 to 2, whereas Cathedral outscored opponents 5 to 2. So, I mean, when you look at that, you're kind of like, all right, well, maybe Pine Island, Zimbrota, you know, they're able to get maybe some more offense but the other part is is like you said cathedral's made a lot of goals this season i mean they've produced a lot of goals beaten teams i mean they beat melrose 22 to nothing in the second game of the season i mean that just kind of shows you what they're capable of doing it's just you got to get back to that rhythm i mean there was one point where they scored five seven five six five goals within you know five games i think it is um before they actually went into the section tournament and they just need to be able to find that offense again. Um, And I think it's definitely possible and be interested to see how that game unfolds. But for sure, I I think it'll be, uh, I mean, with a four or five matchup, that's kind of what you expect is a really good game. So um, be, be a good one to to go see for sure. Yeah. And you know, they have four all state players. um, And one of them is their goalie, Paul Mermanet, who got the win, who's won two shutouts. Um, sorry, penalty kick shootouts um, in the last couple weeks, not allowed in many goals, been just a stud back there all year. So um, having that as your safety valve, as your last line of defense is also pretty comforting, I would say, if you're Cathedral. So um, they're going to get to play some teams that they haven't seen all year. Um, A really good level of game, you know, like I said, a team that hasn't lost at all this year. We'll see how, how that one fares. And then the last one is Class 2A with Tech, like I mentioned earlier. Going to be playing Holy Angels. Um, who beat them four to one in the state semifinals in 2019. Now that was back when there was only um, two classes. So that was technically class A back then. The expansion to three classes, both those teams have moved up to class 2A. Now they're going to be meeting again. So um, this one should be an awesome one too. This, the stars um, of Holy Angels, they're 13-3 and two this season. They also won their, I think every team I mentioned it won their section title game two to nothing. Um, they're all playing, but they won two to nothing over Richfield. To get to state, um, they're number three seed. They've been playing great, but also um, Tech has posted shutouts in their last four wins. They have nine total shutouts this year. Um, great defense, you know, great goaltending, and then also the offense can kind of explode at any moment um, when it all comes together. So, uh, you know, they're not going to be favored in this one, obviously, being one of the unseeded teams, but um, it presents a great opportunity for them as well to try to pull an upset here. Yeah, I mean, I was over at that uh, Tech recorded game on Tuesday or on Thursday night. Um, I know we recorded last on Thursday afternoon, so haven't been able to maybe talk a little bit about that game. But um, these two teams faced off, and I think we said it you know, on Thursday. Probably never expected Recory and, and Tech in the section finals game, um, but they Recory was able to get a nice upset against Alexandria on um, Tuesday night, so was able to play. Um, tech on on Thursday and it was kind of a deja vu type of thing um, that's kind of how I described it in my story on Thursday night was you know on September 14th they played and the Tigers won four to nothing they scored one goal in the first half and then scored three goals in the second half they outscored Ricori 32 to five in that game um, and then in this game it was kind of similar tech kind of got onto a roll didn't really let Ricori take any shots on goal. They didn't score at all, but they weren't able to let them get any goals um, or any shots on goal at all. Um, and it was it was kind of funny because it seemed like it was, I mean, just my luck, it seemed like it was going to go into overtime because that's what it seemed like for 
basically every section game that I was going to go cover that over the last two weeks. Yeah, and then with about 18, 18 and a half minutes left in the game, um, Kadar Abdi went up for a shot, took it kind of right near the goal, um, deflected off of a couple Rikori defenders, and then Abduram um, Ishmael, he went up, was kind of right behind him, and he landed it right into the back of the net. Um, and he kind of shot it a little bit across the goal because there were so many defenders right in front of him that he kind of did a nice, he had a nice kick off to the right-hand side and was able to put it right in the back of the net to get that one nothing lead. After that, it was kind of like, the, I mean, it, that momentum shift was just insane. That one goal kind of just did it all for um, Tech. Obviously, they were looking to get a second goal, um, but they also didn't allow much. Um, and when it comes to teams, I think Tech has a really good defense where, you know, with most teams, if you get a score late in the game, and it kind of looked, it was kind of the same with um, with Tech or with uh, Pelican Rapids and Cathedral's game. When Pelican Rapids scored late in the game, they kind of went back into like a keep away type of defense where when the ball came towards them, they would kick it out and they would try to kind of keep the ball out of the out of the um, offensive zone for Cathedral. Well, the thing is, is that you can do that so much, but then eventually you just panic and then the ball goes in the back of the net. So. With tech, they were they kind of did the same type of strategy. They they didn't they didn't have they didn't do a keep away type of mentality. They just did their own defense like they've been doing for the last you know sixty minutes. So um, and it worked out really well for them. They they got the win. They've kind of kept that tradition going. They went to the state tournament in two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen. They weren't able to make it or go to the state tournament in twenty twenty because of COVID, but they did win their section. So. Um, they would have gone to state. And so it's just, it was really cool to see that they kept that tradition going. I know a lot of these guys are really proud of that tradition and they want to keep that, keep that tradition. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think they looked really good against Ricori. That defense was really good. Um, they were able to basically do anything they wanted to, um, to Ricori. So um, obviously a different opponent with Holy Angels, but um if they can continue what they did against Ricori, I think they have a really good chance of possibly advancing. Whoever does advance will be playing the number two seed, Matamidai, um, in the semifinals on Wednesday. Um, Matamidai won two to one in their semi or in their quarterfinals game um, on Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a fun one for sure. Um, regardless, whoever, whichever three teams advance, the girls will be playing on Thursday night on the fourth of November. And the boys will be playing on Wednesday night, um, November third. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to go over. We'll see kind of where all these teams stand um, at the end of this week. We'll know in just a little over 24 hours where we're going to be kind of heading if we get any to US Bank Stadium of these three teams, um, or if seasons will come to an end. So, um, a lot to go over with that in the next couple of days. Um, other uh, bracket seeds that have come out, um, not for the state tournament, but for the section tournament, is in volleyball. Um, six of our seven teams getting home games to start um, section play, too, which makes it um, a busy time, but also just shows kind of the quality they've had throughout the regular season. Um, Brian, where do you want to start with this? Where do you want to you just want to go kind of go section by section here? Or? Yeah, we probably want to start with uh, section 8-3A just because we have four teams that are in that section. Um, the top team in the, in that section will be Alexandria. They are number one, um, in this, in the section, um, Alexandria, obviously having a really good season this year, um, and deservingly so gets that number one seed, but Sock Rapids came right behind them at the number two seed. Um, they've been pretty consistent all year round. Um, and it's shown through the fact that they get this number, number two seed, um, they are 10 and 16 this season, whereas um, I believe Alexandria is 19 and one this year. So kind of shows you, you know, what the Cardinals have been able to do this season. Um, along with that, the Ricori Spartans, they earned the number three seed. Um, Spartans are 11 and 16 this season. Um, they will be hosting the number six seed Little Falls on Thursday at 7 p.m. Um all of these games will be at 7 p.m. on Thursday night for the quarterfinals. Um, Little Falls is 5-16. and 16. Kind of went ahead of myself as well. Sock Rapids is going to be hosting the number 7 seed, Becker. 
um, who's 4-18 and 18 on Thursday night um, at Sock Rapids High School. Um, along with that, the Tech Tigers, they were able to get the number four seed at 8-14 and 14 this season, and they will be hosting the number five seed Detroit Lakes. That's 9-16 and 16 on Thursday. Um, a really nice seed for them. I think they were kind of on that borderline of whether they were going to be a home team or an away team. Um, I'm sure it's nice to have that home home uh, match to start off the section tournament and see if they can get to that semifinal game um, where would they, where they would most likely be playing Alexandria um, for that game or for that match next week. But Apollo, they earned or they got the number eight seed um, after going one and seventeen this season. Um, they will be playing the number one seed Alexandria, who's nine and nineteen and one. So um, I think. What I'm excited for with this is if Sock Rapids can beat Becker and Ricori can beat Little Falls, I think that's going to be a really good matchup between the two of them. I remember being at um, that match, oh gosh, probably a few weeks ago now. It seems like seems like centuries ago um, right now. But um, that was a really good match between the two of them. And I know Ricori got the win on that one, but it was a really good match um, between the two teams. And I would be excited to see what they see if they could do another match like that um, next Tuesday. Yeah, so four of our teams there. The other three teams fall into two classes. Um, the first is Sartell going up to Class 4A for the first time in Section 8. Um, they still had a great year, 16-7, and seven, earned the number three seed. They'll be hosting number six seed Bemidji, who's 13-13, and 13, um, at 7 o'clock Thursday in the quarterfinals. And, you know, while they are the three seed, the top two seeds are <laughs> really strong teams, we'll just put. Um, St. Michael Albertville, 24 and 6. Rogers, 25 and 4 are the top two seeds. Both been ranked top 10, it seems like, basically all year. Um, and it's going to be tough, you know, if if things line up how it will be. Um, you know, Sartell would have to beat at least one or both of them, possibly, to get to state. So they obviously have to take care of Bemidji first. But um, <laughs> it's a very tough section especially when you move up to class 4a the biggest class in the state they're all going to be tough matchups so um they have some work to do but still a really great regular season for them and then in class 2a in section 6 albany and cathedral um both hosting home games in their 14 team section um albany got the four seed they'll host number 13 seed pillager and then cathedral got the five seed and will host number 12 seed royalton and when there's a four or five seed, if you know anything about brackets, that means there's a great chance you're going to meet up the next round, which could be a third meeting of them this year. And I think you saw at least one of their meetings, if not both their meetings throughout the year, correct? I saw one of them. Um, I don't think I saw the other one because I think we were covering something else that night. But I did see one of them, um, and that was at Albany. Really good matchup between the two of them, and um, that is one that – Unfortunately, I don't work on Mondays, so I probably won't be able to go to that match. But I will probably be peeking at the uh, live stream uh, throughout the night because I'm just interested to see how that one will go because it's been very back and forth between those two teams this season. Um, I know Cathedral got the win uh, with one of them, and then Albany got the win with the other one. So it's been a very, very close um, matchup between those two with this season, which is Kind of fun because Albany, it seems like, has been kind of the dominant team over the last few years, and now Cathedral's kind of coming back and making it a true rivalry match um, this season. So, Yeah, so if they're both able to win those first-round matchups where they're favored, like Brian said, they would meet in the quarterfinals um, at 7 o'clock Monday at the high seed remaining. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, once again, to recap, six of the seven at home, um, a lot are going to be favored. Um, a good chance we could be seeing a lot of these teams advance to next week in those section quarterfinals or semifinals um, and try to make a run at a state appearance. So a lot to still be seen. Um, you know, we're going to have two state soccer games tomorrow night, so we'll probably be more checking in on these either later that night, the next day for the most part. But um, going forward, we're going to be trying to get out and see some volleyball, especially next week. Yeah, I know tomorrow night you'll be getting um, a roundup. Well, tonight you'll be getting a story from me as well as the photo gallery from Zach. And then tomorrow night, we're going to have roundups on um, cross country, which Zach is going to do um, another roundup on volleyball, which I'm going to do. And then our soccer roundup between the two boys teams, um, as well as a gallery from, from Zach um, on that Thursday night. So 
plenty of stuff coming your way on that. Um, the big, the biggest takeaways or the biggest things to kind of think about is with the two um, sections, section eight, three uh, A and four A. They will be playing on Thursday for the quarterfinals, Tuesday for the um, semifinals, and then Saturday next week would be the finals. Um, some of them are at neutral sites. Well, I think all of them are at neutral sites, but it just kind of depends on where, which section it is, because I know like with Albany and Cathedral, their their um, neutral site will be Tech High School, whereas other ones will be at other places. Um, but then with Albany and Cathedral section, it's a little trickier because they have the round of 16 just due to the fact that they have 14 teams. Um, so the round of 16 will be on Thursday night, like Zach was kind of talking about. Um, their semifinal will be, or their quarterfinal will be on Monday. The semifinal will take place on Thursday, and then the final will be on Saturday. So all the volleyball finals will be on Saturday, and by Sunday we'll know who will be heading to state um, if any of our teams make it that far. So just kind of as a little bit of a heads up to all of the listeners out there. And then as well, um, so many postseasons going on right now. We also have section cross country. All the meets are going to be happening tomorrow on Thursday. Um, our seven teams are spread between four sections and three classes. So try to keep up with that math. Um, <laughs> that's our life this time of year. Um, the, the big ones to keep an eye on, I would say at least for teams possibly advancing to state most likely are going to be um, in class A, especially with Cathedral, both teams racing at Piers um, tomorrow afternoon. Um, both really highly ranked kind of favorites to win their section, go as teams possibly. Um, so that's one to keep an eye on. Um, as well in class 2A, um, we have Apollo, Sock Rapids, Rice, and Tech are going to be racing out in Becker at Pebble Creek Golf Course. Um, those are going to be starting up at 3.30. Um, and then for section 8 2A, we have Ricori and Albany, um, we'll be racing at Arrowwood Resort in Alexandria. 3.30 start for girls, 4.15 for boys. Um, especially in that one, you have Olivia Gable, who's going to be the favorite to win as an individual. Um, Grant Mayers from Albany as well. And also Vincent Kaluser, both kind of some of the top favorites for the boys. And then the Recorded Girls team has been awesome this year, too. And they're in a tough spot because Alexandria, Wilmer, and them are all top five ranked in the state, and they're all in the same section. Um and I believe it's only two teams go. Um, if things have changed so much years, I sometimes forget what the rules are even for qualifying since we didn't have state last year. But there's only two that go, and you have three of the best. So someone's going to get left out there. And it was really close between all of them at conference, too. Um, so that's going to be something really interesting to keep an eye on. And then Sartell, for the first time, goes up to Class 3A. They're in Section 8. They're going to be racing at Fox Hollow Golf Course in St. Michael. Um, 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. for them. They're going to be the only ones racing in the morning, it looks like. So, um, yeah, there also is a good chance a couple, there's been a couple of Sartell runners that look like they could be poised to make state. Um, a couple in, you know, that section with Apollo, Tech, Sock Rapids. There's a couple on the cusp. So, um, yeah, that'll be the big thing is, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning, we'll get, we'll let you know who all the state qualifiers were when all the dust settles after the meets. Yeah, definitely. So keep up to sctimes.com for that because if you got confused like I did while while all of that was being said, um, there's Zach will lay it out very well for you to let you know what's going to be happening on that November 6th Saturday um, at St. Olaf for state cross country. So um, Zach Zach knows a lot about cross country more a lot more than what I do. So um, it's nice to have him around to be able to to be able to kind of lay out what's going to be happening there. Cause um, I definitely appreciate that. Um, and then the last state thing we promise this is it. This is the end um, except for college after this um, is girls tennis uh, state. The state tournament has started for teams this earlier this week. Um, and the only team or the only um, individuals that are going is Paige Tarali and Ella um, Morale from St. Cloud. They are the only doubles pairing that had made it to state this year. Um, they they will be starting their competition on Thursday. The first round for doubles state tournament um, will begin at 10 a.m. at the Baseline Center at the U of M. Yeah, and Paige, Paige and Ella were not ranked, um, kind of similar to the soccer thing where the top five are ranked, um, but they will be taking on the number three seed from Mounds View. Um, that will be taking place at 10 a.m. at the Baseline Center on Thursday. 
if they win, they will be playing the winner um, between the Woodbury duo and the Chisago Lakes duo. Um, if they lose, it sounds like they actually have a consolation bracket. Um, so they will be playing the loser between the Woodbury and Chisago Lakes um, doubles pairings. Um, that will be taking place at 2 p.m. regardless if they win or lose on Thursday. And then the semifinals and finals will be taking place on Friday. So um, I will keep you up to date on that, um, depending on how things go. Um, there's also a nice feature that's going to be coming out um, that I wrote today um, that will be coming out for tomorrow's print um, regarding Paige and Ella. Um, kind of funny enough, they've been singles. Uh, they've played singles the, this entire season, and they got paired up for doubles this for the section tournament, and they had two practices before the um, the entire tournament started. So um, sometimes it takes a while for doubles pairings to kind of click. For them, it apparently took two practices because they looked really good after that. So, um, yeah, so be interested to see how that kind of unfolds over over the next couple of days. But I'll keep you posted on that as well. Yeah. And um, I guess before we wrap up, like you mentioned, a couple college news and notes. Um, my weekend last week was spent a lot at St. Cloud State um, for men's hockey. Some great wins, uh, 5-1 and 4-1 over Wisconsin, who was unranked but still kind of on the cusp of the rankings, and St. Cloud had a great finish. Um, this was their fourth straight week of hockey. They're on a bye week now, which it sounds like they could use, just there was a couple injuries, um, you know, guys kind of wearing down a little bit after playing so much hockey, so many big games against, you know, Minnesota and Mankato too. So um, they're 6-2 and two on the year, get a much-deserved break this week before they start conference play the first week of November on the road. Um, so a couple weeks till they're back at home again, but, um, I think on the 13th and 14th of November, I believe it is against Omaha or 12th, 13th, one of those. Um, but a couple weeks until they're around again, um, for St. John's, it was pretty interesting this week. They went on the road to Gustavus. They won 37 to seven. That wasn't the interesting part. The interesting part was that, um, their starting quarterback, Aaron Severson, they were up 10 to seven in the third quarter. Um, and he went for a run, got hit kind of funny by a couple defenders, um, had to get carted off, and he ended up having a broken fibula, which he got surgery on yesterday. That would have been on Tuesday. Um, so he's done for the year, obviously. So um, the backup quarterback, Chris Backus, who, funny enough, I wrote a feature about literally the day the injury happened. I don't quite know the timing on that, how that worked out. But he'll be – he was a tech grad. Uh, this is his fifth year. He's been a backup a couple of years, and now he's going to be the one um, leading the offense going forward. They're going to put it in his hands. And um, – he only threw four passes, but he completed three of them, um, had some good plays as well. The rushing attack went well too late in the game, and St. John's got defensive stops, turnover sacks. It all came together. So kind of instead of you know, it kind of falling apart when they went down 10-7, to 7, you lose your quarterback to a tough injury. That's an easy time to kind of implode, but they didn't panic, and <laughs> instead they played much better than they had the rest of the game. So um, St. John's is 7-0 and now. Um, and they will be hosting St. Scholastica this weekend at 1 o'clock. Um, St. Scholastica 0-5, so a one St. John should probably pretty handily win. They won 98 to nothing the last time these two teams played a couple of years ago. Um, this will be their last regular season home game, so I'd expect a pretty comfortable win um, for the Johnnies this weekend. So um, keep an eye on that. There's also a lot of other um, playoffs happening. I know St. Cloud Tech College, they're in their regional tournament um, for volleyball. Uh, for St. Ben's, they have their volleyball teams kind of on the cusp of making the Mayak tournament. The women's soccer team has won like eight or not been beaten in like eight games in a row. They've won five or six in a row and they're looking for a good spot in um, the conference tournament for that, too. So a lot of stuff going on um, probably next week more. Um, we'll kind of update everyone where those postseasons look like for some of our colleges. And then uh, women's basketball, actually, for St. Cloud State has their first exhibition tonight at uh, South Dakota State D1 school that also has um, Paige Meyer from Albany. Um, this will be her freshman season playing for them too. So um, they get kicked off tonight too. So yeah, ton going on in college too, just like high school. Um, we're in that kind of crossover point in the season where fall's happening, winter's starting. Um, it's all going down. So uh, yeah, just try to keep you updated at sctimes.com. Yeah, so other than that, not much is going on, you know. <laughs> no, luckily I I took the Saturday off because I need I need a brain break day. 
before Halloween. So I'll be off Saturday, but it sounds like um, other than state soccer, we've already talked about we're going to be at. Uh, Brian and Dave will be out at Recory, I believe, at 5 o'clock on Saturday for section football. And he'll also provide you um, a roundup of all of the other four teams that are going to be playing that night as well, kind of where they stand. Yep, no, for sure. So um, make sure to stay tuned to sctimes.com. You can follow Zach and I on Twitter. Um, we'll be having plenty of updates from all the different games that we're at. We'll also be tweeting out a bunch of different stories as you know we get done with the roundups and things um, over the next couple of days. Um, and we'll get back to you next week to let you know how all of this unfolded. Um, I think we're planning on getting back to doing the Wednesday uh, podcast. I know we did Thursday last week, but just due to MEA weekend, it was just kind of nicer to do it on Thursday rather than Wednesday. So, um, so I think we'll be back to doing our Wednesday podcast so you can stick, stay tuned um, next week for all the updates over the last week. Um, and uh, we'll get you ready for a lot of other things um, next weekend. So, yeah, because next Wednesday, we, I believe that day, if, if teams advance, that would be state soccer we'd be at in the cities that evening. Um, there'd also be cross-country state that weekend and volleyball probably the night before. So, yeah, so next Wednesday, um, plan, for, plan for a podcast in your feed. Absolutely. But I think that's it. I don't know. I, I don't really have much else. No, we've talked a lot. <laughs> I think we're probably good for this week. We have, when we're recording this, we have about 50 minutes until we both head to Monticello. So, I say we can probably wrap it up for today. So um, thanks as always for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.